0: Thank you. Morning. morning. Man, I love seeing your faces. I'm, I'm serious. If, if you followed me around, you wouldn't hear me saying this everywhere I go. This is like coming home to me. Uh, I, I feel like I'm in my home church almost as much as my, uh, my home church. Uh, in fact, I just posted uh, about uh, asking for prayer for this service, saying I, I'm preaching one of my favorite churches um, in, in the world. Um, I, I love the way you worship. I love the way you pray. Man, I was prayed over by like three or four nations a few minutes ago and just just crying out to God. I love the way you break barriers and the nations come together. I love the way you're serious about the, the gospel. Man, I just love being here. Thank you so much for, um, for loving. Thank you. Thank you for, and I love your pastor. He's just a dear friend. And thanks for loving our ministry. Man, the, uh, the team that was here a couple of years ago from Life Action um, just, was just with me. At, um, at Anderson University in South Carolina. Pray for us. God's opening doors to major universities. I'm speaking at Clemson on Thursday night. I pray that God will move in power in this next generation. Just took another life action team uh, with me to the persecuted church. I, I'll probably mention some of that to, to, today. I, it's hard for me to talk about it, but it's hard for me not to talk about it the power of God that we see in the persecuted church. And, and so I just love what God is, is, is doing uh, in the world today and the, the privilege of serving him um, through, through life action. Man, I love, your, I love your series, Evergreen. I love focusing on, a, on an Advent word. And I want to talk to you today as a part of this series about the one thing you must have for Christmas. Now this is a brand new message for me, so uh, who knows what will come out of my mouth. You guys just pray, and we'll see what the Lord, what the Lord does. I preach a lot of messages uh, many times across the nation because, uh, because I, I preach in so many different places, but God put this on my heart um, for this day, the one thing you must have uh, for Christmas. I don't need much, but I need what I'm going to talk about today. And before I tell you what the one thing is, let me tell you how you get it. Um, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, uh, says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. All right, your word for the day, just lit the candle of faith, is, is faith. Now, faith is what you trust your life with, all right? Tr- faith is, is what you say, that th- whatever, whatever I have faith in, this is what I'm trusting my life to. Now Now, faith itself is not the most important thing. Faith is a roadway. You can have faith in anything you want. There's different kinds of faith, not just saving faith. So, so faith is like a roadway. When I was, um, when I was young, younger, um, I, when I, when our, at Christmas time with our kids, we had a, an annual tradition and we lived most of our kids' life in Texas. My family was in South Carolina. My family is incredible. I, I'm, I'm just one of the blessed ones that had a mom and dad that loved Jesus, brother and sister, that, I, that we, we all love each other, get along and love the Lord. And so, so every Christmas, we would get in our car, and we'd journey all the way across the nation to South Carolina. It'd take us two days. But we were excited about it. The kids loved it. We'd stay at a hotel with an indoor pool. You know, back, back then, we didn't have a whole lot of money, but we'd go to the indoor pool, and the kids loved it. And, and I-20, I don't know where it starts in the West, but I know where it ends. It ends in Florence, South Carolina. When you get to Florence, South Carolina, you finish I-20. And we'd get on I-20 in Texas, and we wouldn't get off that interstate until we got home. Now, I want to tell you, I don't love I-20. I-20 is, 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 it doesn't mean anything to me except I-20, Interstate 20, is the pathway home. And that's like faith. Faith takes you somewhere. What what are you giving your life to? Because that's the most important thing in in your life. And home was the destination that we needed with all of our hearts. So what are you looking to? What, what what are you what are you placing your faith in more than anything else? You know, even atheists have faith. All right, I let Lee Strobel. Uh, he did a foreword for one of our uh, books, and I love Lee, and Lee used to be an atheist and just shares so powerfully now, and Lee says this, to continue in atheism, I would need to believe that nothing produces everything, non-life produces life, randomness produces fine-tuning, chaos produces information, unconsciousness produces consciousness, and non-reason produces reason. I simply don't have that much faith. Hmm. It takes too much faith to be an atheist. But you have to know what your faith is actually in. Now, if you trust the Lord to save you, you have saving faith. Here's the problem for many believers. They just stop there as if they don't need faith for the rest of their life. So we have a whole nation full of baby believers who have come to Jesus and they Oh, I'm saved. Great. I'm not going to hell. I'm going to heaven. Wonderful. Now I'll just kind of wander through life. Placing your faith in almost anything else, a job, a a relationship, sometimes terrible destructive things, substance abuse, all these things can be the object of our faith. That's a a terrible pathway. It doesn't lead to anything good. I want to talk to you today about what saving faith is supposed to lead to in the Christian life. What you need, the one thing, if you get nothing else but this for Christmas, you'll have everything you really need. What you need and what I need is the Spirit-filled life. This is everything that we need. A life that that is, is on the pathway of faith that takes us to the Spirit who will transform us. We have, we have forgotten in the American church that, that the, the Spirit of God is meant to change us, to fill us with power and life so that we're different from everybody else. That's what changed the world in the New Testament. Nobody recognized these crazy people called Christians because they were so different in their love and their passion. And they, everybody knew it could not be them. It was something outside of them that, that changed them. Man, we need that power again. We're missing the power of the Spirit in our churches. We just got back from the persecuted church and, and we were, we, we, we were able to, t- to do what we did for you, a Life Action Summit. We did for the first time overseas for the persecuted church. We had like 200 people. We had a, a, a building they didn't own and nobody could find. I'm telling you, in America, nobody would come to what, what they were doing. You, you, you just couldn't find it. And when we got there, there was no power. And I said, well, we're going to have to cancel, I guess. It's, it's dark and we got children here. It's completely dark. And, and they said, these children have grown up with so much darkness. Nobody here wants to cancel. So we lit candles and held our phones up, and nobody wanted to leave two to three hours while the Spirit of God just poured out. And that night I went on the internet looking at the news, and in America, all I could find Christians talking about were politics. Everybody was talking about red waves and blue waves, and I told my wife, we're right here in the middle of a Jesus wave, a Spirit wave. This is what we are missing. This is what we must have. Anybody got Christmas lights up yet? You're supposed to already have them up, right? Not me. I'm not home much, and when I am, my wife will not let me put up Christmas lights because bad things happen when I touch anything electric. I, I'm, I'm just terrible at it. So, we're hoping this week some poor souls will come help us put up Christmas lights because I'll be home a, a few days. It's dark in our house, we want Christmas lights. Uh, several years ago uh, I told my wife I'm gonna do it because no no it's okay you don't know no, I'm gonna do it so I walked outside and I l- laid all these lights up to see if out there, see if they were working now it had rained all right and I laid them on the, the concrete and they weren't working of course I plugged them in I'm trying to find the bulb that's broken so I can replace it well I, I, I thought i had unplugged it but I forgot so I picked up the uh, these these up uh, there it is and I picked it up and I had hold of bare wires, but I had on tennis shoes on the concrete all right and so so I was protected a little bit, I guess, and I'm trying to get the bulb out and I can't get it out. I don't know that I'm holding two bare wires that are plugged in. And I'm getting really frustrated. I can't get the thing out. My wife sees this from the window and comes outside. She goes, Honey, I know this is hard for you. I love you for doing this. And barefoot gives me a kiss. It's just what you think. It was the electric kiss. I'm not making this up. I fell on my back. She fell on her back and she started screaming, I'm shocked. I'm shocked. My son inside thought his mother yelled, I'm shot, and came out with his hunting knife to protect his mother. It was the craziest moment of life, you know. I'm, I'm laying there on my back thinking, okay, I'm alive, this is good. And when I realized everything was okay, my first thought was, man, that woman can sure kiss. <laughs> so, <laughs> now, now, look, we, we need the power of God that, that doesn't harm, it heals, Changes everything in our life. Now, when you come to Jesus, you get the Holy Spirit. Romans says if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you don't know God. All right? So, so if you know Jesus today, you're not absent from the Holy Spirit. He is with you. But it's one, it's one thing to, to receive the Holy Spirit when you're saved. It's another thing to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You you can be saved, but not filled with the Holy Spirit. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18 says, Do not be drunk with wine, for that's debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. In the Greek, it's a continuous word. It means keep on day by day being filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't live your life without the transformational power of the Spirit of God. Now, who is the Spirit? It's not a what. It's not a force from Star Wars. It's a who. Our God is three in one. We have one God, but he shows himself to us as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And sometimes we we act like there is no Holy Spirit. Let me show you the powerful things the Bible prophesied about the Holy Spirit before, before the gospel was even known, before Jesus came and then the Holy Spirit came to the world in such a way that he can live in us. Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Upon who? The Messiah who was coming hundreds of years before he was born. The Spirit of the Lord will rest upon him. The Spirit of wisdom and understanding. Anybody need these things? The Spirit of counsel and might. The Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And his delight, his joy, shall be in the fear of the Lord. Some, some of you if, you, if you don't begin to walk in the Holy Spirit, it, it, before this year is out, you will make horrible decisions. You'll miss the wisdom and understanding and the counsel of the Lord. Some of you are, are so weak right now. You know it. You know it. I, I don't know how to take the next step. You need the might, the power of the Lord, and He is here for you. Amen. Go to Isaiah chapter 61. And and then then we see a passage that, that later, when Jesus began his ministry, he'd go to his hometown and he would say, now, right now, this is fulfilled. This is why you can be filled with the Holy Spirit, because what I'm about to read to you has come to pass. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me. To preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, To proclaim liberty to the captives. And the opening of the prison to those who are bound to proclaim. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Do you realize that this is what the Spirit of God can do in your life today? You are meant to be filled with the one who does these things. The Spirit of God is here and the spirit of God can live in you who is the spirit the spirit is God in Christ in you Man. <laughs> and and if you're not full of the spirit it's not it's not it's not because you're empty it's because you're full of something else you've taken a different faith road you see to, 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 to some place you don't need to be, to something that will never give you. All those things we just read, liberty and freedom, the breaking of your bonds, wisdom, counsel, power, might, all of that is meant to fill us when the Spirit of God fills our life. Wow, this is, that's what you need for Christmas. Now, let's, let's talk about what the filling of the Spirit is not. See, see, I think one of the reasons we don't talk enough about the Holy Spirit is we're always afraid that we're going to start arguing. I don't, I don't argue about any of this stuff. I, I preach anywhere that will have me. I preach in charismatic churches, non-charismatic churches, and churches that don't know the difference and what in the world you're talking about when you say those things. But let's just be sure we understand what the filling of the Spirit is, is not. First of all, it's not knowledge. Okay, it's not knowledge. Now, we need knowledge of the Word but the Pharisees knew more of the Bible than anybody in their day and they killed Jesus. All right? So it's not just knowledge. We, we, we don't come here, for instance, and we don't come to our small groups to become Bible scholars. I worry in the church in America that I see a lot of churches where they have serial Bible study addicts. Okay? They, they come to study the Bible why? So they can come back and study the Bible more. Why? To come back and study the Bible more. But they, they, you never see them out fulfilling the great commandment and the great commission, loving their neighbor as themselves, serving the broken, sharing the gospel. That's just knowledge. The Bible is meant to be that, that beautiful channel of the Holy Spirit in us to go do what we learn. Filling of the Spirit is not Maturity. And this is actually really great news for some of you that are new believers. And we want to grow mature. We want to grow deeper in Christ. Certainly, that's all over the scripture. But do you know, this: when the Spirit of God fills you, you may be a believer one day, and he'll use you in greater ways than maybe somebody that's known him for 40 years. The filling of the Spirit is is not maturity. And, And then finally, it's not miraculous gifts. Now, this is where everybody starts arguing. I don't argue. Let me tell you, I have seen the Lord, do the miraculous all over the world. If you want to argue that he doesn't do miracles anymore, I, I bless you and wish you the best. I've seen it with my eyes. I know this. I know he does. But that's not what the filling of the Spirit is. Right? It, it, that's not what we're talking about. In, in, fact, in, in fact, if we put all of our focus on miracles, we get in trouble with Jesus. Jesus fed 5,000 people. Remember, a few loaves and fish. And the next day, in John 6, they came back. The whole crowd came back. You know what Jesus said? He said, oh, I'm so glad you're here because miracles are where it's at and you need some more miracles and I'm so glad. No. He said, I know why you're here. You just want more fish sandwiches. That's all. He said, but I'm wondering, you want to eat my flesh and drink my blood? You want to walk the path I'm going to walk? You want to take up your cross and follow me? They all left. They came looking for more miracles and... Jesus said, what you need is not more miracles. What you need is me. The greatest miracle of all is the Spirit of God in you. So miracles, absolutely. But don't run after miracles. Run after Jesus. Run after God in Jesus in you and ask him to fill you. That's the miracle you need. So what is the filling of the Holy Spirit? Let's fill it. What, 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 We know now what it's not. What is the filling of the Spirit? It's a daily yes to King Jesus and a no to King me, resulting in the supernatural power and the fruit of the Spirit. You may want to take a picture or write that down because this is important. If you want to, before we end today, you can walk out of here saying, I'm full of the Spirit of God. It's not an emotion. It's not a feeling. It's not something, you, your top 10 steps that'll take you there. It's a, it's a yes, a daily yes. And this is the day the Lord has made. You can do this today. But it's also a no. Yes to King Jesus, no to King me. And then supernatural power floods my life, and the fruit of the Spirit floods my life. Now, let's talk about what the Spirit does. What, what does the Spirit do? Well, He transforms and defines us. This is, this is what we're missing. This is what you need for Christmas. This is what every church needs. He transforms and defines us. Well, what does it mean He defines us? Well, you know that you're filled with something because the nature of what fills you defines you. Read that think about it You know you're filled with something because the nature of what fills you defines you if I had walked in here today And I was like doing it like this and you come up to talk to me and you said what's going on? I said, I don't know. How are you and my breath reeked? Well, you would know I'm, I'm drunk. I'm filled with alcohol it's Defining me in in that moment. It is obvious from what's happening in in my life What is filling? Me, but that's not what the Spirit wants in your life. You know what the Spirit does? He produces an orchard. He produces an orchard. Here, here here's where we can find unity in the body of Christ when we talk about the Spirit, gifts of the Spirit, worth, uh, uh, worth another sermon, worth study, right there in the Scripture. But, but you know, the, the gifts are what God chooses to give us. Okay, and we don't have a whole lot of say over over that. God gives us the gifts He chooses. For us. But, but you know what? Everybody can have the fruit of the Spirit. And the Lord wants to produce a whole orchard. And, and if, if, somebody, if somebody says, oh, I'm filled with the Spirit. And they're mean as a snake. I know they're not full of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. The fruit. When, when the Spirit of God fills you, the fruit begins to grow. More filling, more fruit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Love. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. When the the world looks at the church in America, do they go, oh, that's what I see in those people? Not very often. Because we've not been walking in the fruit of the Spirit. And when we do, everything's going to change. My wife was the angriest woman you would ever meet. She shares this herself. I mean, she she was so angry. She had a, a terrible childhood and just really some bad things um, done in her life. And when I married her, I loved her so much, but I didn't know what to do with the anger. And sometimes she would she'd throw things and scream and yell. And every night in our home, it just became a a, a place of perpetual anger. And we teach a whole marriage conference on how God changed that. But there there was a moment in time where I said, "Honey, I'm not leaving you," but. But I, I don't even want to be here. There's no peace in our home. And she confronted me with some things in my life that, that I needed to change. That were absolutely right. But then my wife went to God in Jesus in her and said, fill me. I can't do this. Fill me. And there came this beautiful day when I said to my wife, who are you? Because our home is a place of peace, and it still is to this day after 42 years of marriage. The fruit of the Spirit changes us, and that changes everything. You know, you know what happens when we're filled with the Spirit together? When, when a church, when enough people in a church say, I want to be full of the Spirit of God, we call that revival. That's my whole ministry. That's all we're about. Let me, let me read to you what it looks like. Acts chapter 4. Here's what the church looks like when they're filled with the Spirit. When they had prayed. Verse 31. The place in which they were shaken, who gathered together, was shaken. And they were all, what? Filled with the Spirit. And continued to speak the Word of God with boldness. Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart, one soul. No one said any of the things that, he, that belonged to him was his own. They had everything in common with great power. They were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. There, were, there weren't even any needy persons among them. For as many as were owners of lands or houses sold them, brought the proceeds that were sold, laid it at the apostles' feet, distributed it to everyone that has need. You're looking at most of the problems of our nation. Solved right there. Because God's people full of the Spirit equal a revival that cannot be missed and will change this church, your community, and the world. And it's happened over and over in history. And God's just waiting to do it again. Let me give you an acrostic. We we need the fuel that comes from the Holy Spirit. You want one word for what you need for Christmas? Fuel. The fuel of the Holy Spirit. This, this is what it looks like when a church is full of the Holy Spirit together. F, fire, fire. It's power. The fire of God falls upon his people. You, unity, unity. They were of one heart and one soul. They put aside selfishness. They didn't have to be right. They didn't get their feelings hurt easily. And when they did, they forgave each other evangelism. They could not shut up about Jesus. They just had to share him with everybody. And then L, love. How they loved one another. People that thought they were insane still wanted to be like them because they saw the power, the fuel of fire and unity and evangelism and love. These are the filled. This is what it means to be full of the Spirit. Let me ask you, are you filled? Wow, that's a scary question, isn't it? It may be a different answer today than it will be tomorrow. Be continually filled with the Spirit. We've seen what it means to be filled. God in Jesus, in you and then bringing it together in the people of God so that the fruit of the Spirit begins to to grow. We'll do fine with the gifts when the fruit is growing out of us, when the orchard is there for everyone to see. Are you filled? (laughs) A.W. Tozer said, it may be said without qualification that every man is as holy and full of the Spirit as he wants to be. Well, As he wants to be. You get to choose. <laughs> the Lord's not put any qualifications and said, hey, if you're really good, if you're particularly holy, I'll fill you with my Spirit. No. He'll fill the most rotten heart with His Spirit. It says, I don't want To live the way I have been living anymore. I know Jesus and I want his Spirit to fill me instead of all the other junk that I've let take his place. How can you be filled with the Holy Spirit? Believe, faith, our word for the day. Believe. Take a look right now at what path you're on. What's your faith path? What's your I-20? It leads somewhere. If you get on I-20, you go east. You can't go anywhere else but Florence if you're going to go all the way. What path are you on? It'll take you to a particular destination. Do you believe that Jesus is the only way for life? Then trade. Make a trade. Say, Lord, here's the path I have been on. Here's what I've let fill my heart and I don't want it anymore. I don't know really how to do this, but so I just offer it to you. We're going to have a chance to do it right here in a minute. I just offer it to you. I'm making the trade. Here, you take this. I don't want it. And then ask. Ask. He will never say no to what he's already commanded you. Be continually filled with the Spirit. So believe. Make the trade. And then ask. And you'll find that in the Spirit of God is everything you need. John 6, verse 63, it's the Spirit that gives life. The flesh is no help at all. Listen, this is a very stark choice. It's the Spirit or against everything else. <clears throat> you get to choose. Everything and anything else will, will lead you to a place where one day you'll be going, maybe this stuff's not real. I don't know. Why doesn't this work? for me because the Christian life will never work unless he is working in us because we're filled with his spirit receive the filling of the spirit today power and hope when everything seems powerless and hopeless and then you know what's really cool are you wondering gosh, what am I going to give for Christmas to somebody I love When you're full of the Spirit, you'll always have a gift to give away. You'll be a gift, but you'll always have something to give away. Do you realize how many people around you are utterly hopeless and utterly powerless? And if they ever once saw in you or in anybody a hope and a power that comes from the Spirit of God, they would run to Him. And that is the great gift that we can give. These precious people we just left in the persecuted church. Story after story, almost everyone we were with had either personally themselves been imprisoned, abused, tortured, or they all knew somebody who had been martyred or killed in war. And yet they were full of joy and peace and love. All the fruit of the Spirit was just coming out of them from everywhere. With me on this trip was my best friend. Um, his wife, his name was Gary Witherall. His wife was murdered by Al Qaeda um, as a missionary. And Gary and I were talking one day, and he said, John, I need to tell you a story. I think you'll like the story. Some of you may have heard of Richard Vermbrand. Richard Vermbrand was, was a, a tor- he wrote a book called Tortured for Christ. He was imprisoned in Romania for eight years, three of them in solitary confinement with no light. The way he wouldn't lose his mind is he formed a sermon in his heart every day and would preach it to the dark. And then he'd tap it out in the walls with code hoping somebody would hear. They released him but said, if you preach again, we'll arrest you. He preached the first day he was out and they arrested him again in six more years. But this time they told his wife they had killed him. They said, you are now non-existent, you are no one and they tortured him and tortured him and tortured him. And one day he was, he was just at the end. They had beaten the bottoms of his feet until the bones were showing. And he was laying just broken and a, a man came into his cell and he said, I just smuggled this in. And he held up a sugar cube and he said, I just smuggled this in and I haven't had sugar in years. He said, I was about to eat it, but I thought, you need this more than me. And he gave it to Richard Vermbrand. And Wurmbrand just wept and wept, and he started to eat it, and he said, no, what if there's a worse day? I'll save it as my hope. And one day, an atheist next to him was being tortured, and Richard Vermbrand brought him the sugar cube and said, you need this more than me, and gave it to him. Two years later... Wernbrand again, was on the edge of losing all hope. He didn't know that he was just about to be released. And a whole different prisoner came to him and said, Someone gave me this sugar cube, and I think you need it more than me so that you can have hope. And he gave it to Richard Wernbrand. Years later, Richard Wernbrand was talking to my friend Gary's father, and he told him that story. And then he reached in his pocket and he took out a little container and in it was that sugar cube. And he said, I've kept this all these years so I never forget that with God, there is always hope. And that is the hope you have to give away. And that is the power of the Spirit of God in your life. And where the Spirit is, there is freedom. And You can have the filling of the Spirit today and then you can give it away to somebody else for Christmas. Stand up with me if you would. Music's going to play. Sing if you guys want. And, and we're just going to open this time just for, for just for a moment. And if you desire the filling of the Spirit. I want to invite you to come forward. You can kneel or you can stand. I'm just going to pray over anybody that comes. Pastors can be here if you need to talk to somebody. That's fine. But, but this is a time mostly for those of you who know Jesus, but you're not, you're not sure right now whether you're walking in the filling of the Spirit. Well, you can be sure when you leave here. All right? So the music's going to play. I'm going to kneel here and pray. In just a moment, I'm going to stand up and pray over you and those that come. We're going to pray, Lord, fill us with your spirit now. Come on. He's waiting for you. And trust. I want to pray over all that have come. Anyone standing here that desires to be full of the Spirit anywhere in this room, just tell them, Lord, I believe you are the Spirit of the God who made the universe. And you have invited me to be filled with you. And so I make the trade. I offer you. Anything. Tell him what it is right now. I offer you this in my heart and life that's gotten in the way. I trade it in. Take it. And I ask you to fill me with your spirit. Let an orchard begin to grow from me. Supernatural power. Thank you, Jesus. You always keep your word. And I will walk out of this place. of your spirit and I praise you in the name of Christ amen give him glory church for the fullness of his spirit God bless each one of you thank you so much for letting me be with you in a church again that feels like home to me Merry Christmas everyone can't wait to see you again God bless you